Hi, everybody. I'm Leon Thomas here with Miranda Kitterlin Lynch. Welcome to another episode of Checking In, a lodging DEI chat. Miranda, how are you? I'm good. And you busted me. I was looking up what number our episode is. <laughs> oh, you were looking up what I number was cheating. it is. Because <laughs> and, and you're still cheating. And you knew I was going to ask you that question. <laughs> well, I'm going to so, answer because I think I have season two, episode 10. I, I believe that's correct. Season okay. two, episode episode 10. I think you are correct. You are right on. <laughs> right? Look at that. I, I didn't even get a chance to ask the question. You're like, you caught me cheating. You caught me cheating. Wow. <laughs> I tell you. But but it's great. It's a, it's a fun time. I enjoy working with you here Likewise. at season two, episode 10. And folks, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can contact me. And send me an email to leon at the leonthomasgroup.com. And Miranda, how do they get in touch with you? You can just Google Miranda Kitterlin Lynch. I'm the only one you're going to find. The only one? That's, that's still one of my favorite lines of the show. It's still, <laughs> it's still one of my favorite lines. Now, you know, here's the thing. We have, we've had some folks that have made some comments about some of the topics, some of the things that we've talked about uh on the show and i say to them come on the show and let's talk about it yeah absolutely and especially if you disagree with anything that we say it's yes. a safe space yes it is but you know what i hear when i say how about coming on the show crickets uh, what is it crickets yeah crickets yeah well, i hear that's it, it, you know. Yes. And I do know that there are many people that I've talked to that want to come on the show, but that have a level of fear of saying the wrong thing or a level of fear of getting in trouble with their employer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, now, that being said, we are booked five shows out. So, if you want to yeah. be on the show, you need to contact us ASAP because we keep getting backed up and backed up it's starting to grow yeah <laughs> yeah so that's a that's a really really cool thing and uh so we have another great great guest why don't yes. you go ahead please and introduce our guest and then we'll bring him on and get going Absolutely. So I'm really excited about our guest because I've known him for a long time. He is a former student of mine. He and I actually did a study abroad to London together many years ago. Uh, he is currently the Miami-Dade College Grant Academic Coordinator, but he does have, uh, prior to joining the academy, he did have some great industry experience that he can share from. Uh, it's Mr. Daniel Gordine. Daniel, hi. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm good. I'm good. A little busy and crazy, but I'm good. Yeah. All right. You know how it is in hospitality. You're always, it's nonstop, whether it's education side or actually in the industry, but I'm good. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to share with our listeners what you're so busy doing over there at Miami-Dade? Yeah. So tomorrow we have a huge um, Taste Italian Food Conference um, with uh, a group from Italy. Um, and we're going to be having panels, cooking demos and tastings and really uh, focusing on the, um, the emergent sort of uh, 
merger of technology and food as well as sustainability and um, a lot of the great um, things that are happening in Italy as it relates to the food industry. So it's happening tomorrow here at Wolfson. Unfortunately, it's sold out, um, but it's going to be a great day and um, it's going to be a great experience. Um, this is the first time since I've been here that anything related to a conference and hospitality and food has been done. So this is sort of like an inaugural event for us. Um, and so um, we're excited. The students are excited. Miami County Public School students are coming. It's it's a, a lot of excitement going around today. So super excited about what's going to take place tomorrow. That's fantastic. Well, best wishes for a smooth and successful event. Yes. Uh, and lots of rest afterwards. Yes. Recover R and R. Yeah. Daniel, in looking at your your profile and talking with you in the green room before the show. You grew up near Washington, D.C. I live in Baltimore now. Mm -hmm. We're kind of from the same area. So, yeah. that one of the signature questions near the end of the show, I might have to tweak that question just a little. <laughs> Daniel's from the area. But the other thing that was of interest to me is that in college, you were a tennis player. You played tennis. Yeah, so I started, um, actually started playing tennis from when I was like way nay. Um, I played so many different sports. You know, your parents, when you grow up, you know, they put you in different sports to see kind of where you sort of fit. So I actually started out in gymnastics first, believe it or not, um, and swimming. Um, did a lot of regional swimming and competitions. I guess my parents wanted me and my sisters to have uh, flexibility, I suppose, as most parents do, you know, they put their kids in gym class or whatever and stuff. And so stuck with that and then did all other sports, softball, but tennis was the one that stuck around um, long term. Because um, mm -hmm. uh, I remember being like eight years old and playing tennis in a class full of grown adults across the street from Howard University. And like, you know, I was good at it. And the, the teacher's like, oh, he needs to be in this class, that class. And then um, most people are familiar with Venus and Serena. And so when they kind of like took off, um, I just got more excited about the sport and whatnot and had the opportunity to meet them over the years and um, uh, made it to high school tennis team, number one singles or whatever, I think. And then um, played junior college and then um, ended up on a um, NCAA Division II scholarship at UDC. And oh, nice. so that's kind of like my um, tennis road to tennis uh, uh -huh. story there. So, yes. Yeah, nice. So and I, I still can play. I still can whack the ball and stuff. Um, okay. Still watch it heavily evolve in the sport and, and um, from a leisurely perspective. But, yeah, yeah. Tennis, is, tennis is my sport. <laughs> All right. On. Well, two things before we go back to Miranda. Number one. We have to set up some time for you to play racquetball. I am a racquetball coach. And the other thing, Miranda, did you hear Daniel say he's going to arrange for Venus and Serena to be on the show? I heard that. That's what I heard. I heard that. And so the public heard it, too, all of our viewers. So we'll give you three weeks. Can you make that happen for us in three weeks? I can we'll find them. I've been seeing them in years, actually. They're hard to track down. But yeah, right that on. would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On. Awesome. So, Daniel, um, I've already shared with everybody listening that um, you're currently at Miami Dade. 
Do you want to share a little bit about your industry experience, your background? Yeah, so I'll just try to sum it up as quick as possible. But um, so I, I guess I would say my journey in hospitality um, kind of was laid out for me um, from infancy almost. Um, so even though I grew up in Maryland, I was actually born in New York City. And so most of my uh, extended family, both of my uh, parents are from New York City. And so that's where I was born and spent a lot of, you know, sort of my early years. And so um, little trivia story. So my grandmother um, worked at the Plaza Hotel in New York City for many years. That's where she retired in the mid 90s. Um, she was a PBX operator. I, I think that was the title. Um, and then I had another grand aunt that was in housekeeping and um, just cumulatively, um, most of my family, um, uh, they're sort of have the hospitality spirit. So, you know, my grandmother, she loved to cook. Actually, both of my uh, grandparents, um, they love to cook. They love hosting parties and music and stuff. And so they sort of have that spirit of hospitality. Um, and, and, you know, my family just loves to travel and all of the things that, you know, that people love about our industry in terms of experience and enjoy and whatnot. That was something that they did regularly. So as a kid, I was always excited about, um, you know, getting on an airplane. Um, I used to, uh, my um, family in New York, you know, they live right by the uh, New York City subway. So I would hear the train passing by the apartment and I would, you know, scream and yell and just, you know, burst in joy and whatnot. And so um, that's kind of like the foundation of me and hospitality. And then fast forward, um, probably when I was in eighth grade, um, when I kind of knew that this was going to be the industry for me was um, I received like a in home economics, like student of the year, which I was a little bit embarrassed about because I'm like, nobody, no dude wants to win an award in cooking. And then so um, in high school, uh, what is now known as the NAF Academy, Academy of Hospitality and Tourism, I went to a vocational high school in Maryland to study culinary arts. And then once I graduated, um, transitioned to hospitality management. And then so um, through the years in terms of experience work-wise, um, I've had the pleasure to um, work at the U.S. Open in New York, the tennis tournament, since I was 16 years old up until COVID. Um, I did that. Um, I worked uh, Barack Obama's first inauguration, a lot of those inauguration parties in D.C., um, and so many other events and banquet bartending um, and all of those things prior to moving to Miami. Um, I did all of those things. And then once I got down here and started at FIU, I was a night auditor at one of the hotels in Miami Beach and working South Beach Food and Wine Festival. And and so I really got the cumulative experience once I graduated FIU. I had to feel like I kind of done it all or tasted each you know sector of hospitality. So um, with all that experience, it you know led me to you know education, which I wasn't anticipating that I would be in so soon. I felt like you know I probably had more to go in terms of experience, maybe you know climbing up the career ladder a little bit more. But um, over time, you know, kind of felt like this is where I need to be. Um, you know. I've, pretty satisfied with my time in the industry. And I think I think I got the gist of uh, what it takes to be hospitable and, and operations and logistics and problem solving. And so that kind of was sort of my journey to where I am now. What a fun journey though. <laughs> yeah, lots of good stories. Awesome. Um, so tell me, one of the questions that we ask all of our guests uh, this is a diversity, equity, and inclusion podcast. 
what has been your experience in industry or in your observation of industry with diversity, equity, and inclusion? Have you seen it change? Have you seen, um, one question that I love to ask is, in your time in industry, how many supervisors or general managers of color did you have? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's um, because, you know, most of my industries between the D.C. area and um, and, and South Florida, um, you know, people that look like me, there wasn't that many. And um, in terms of managerial, definitely, I did not see a lot of that. You know, I saw a, a, a diversity in a whole sense, you know, a lot of, you know, um, Hispanic population, a lot of European population and um, it was diverse in that sense, but in terms of you know individuals that looked like me, that I did not see a lot. Um, I wouldn't say I'd be too affected by it. Um, it would have been nice to see a little bit more, um, and actually you know, was able to get some of that exposure by going to some a lot of the conferences like the uh, NAB NAB Hood conference and whatnot. I was able to to see that oh, there's you know more individuals that look like me that are in this business. Um, uh, so, um, but also I would say too, in my experience, you know, um, I branched out a little bit on my own, especially living in Maryland. Once, you know, I was working for this major catering company in DC, um, and went to bartending school as well. I was able to branch out and get sort of clientele and do my own, um, bartending with them and whatnot. And a lot of the clients that I had that lived in PG County, which is a predominantly African-American, um, a uh, lot of uh, large population there in that that particular county. I was able to uh, um, do that, so I, I would say it would be pretty balanced. But uh, on a sort of a, a more national scale, it would be nice to see a little bit more people of color in that sense. Um, but I would say I had a pretty equal experience. So, um, but I think now it's probably gotten a little bit better. Um, depending on what cities you go to, you know, if you go to Atlanta, if you go to Char uh, Charlotte, um, and even DC probably, um, you'll see a lot more uh, people of color that are now entered hospitality. And so um, those are some of the things that I've noticed in the last several years. Um, and I'm proud to see that change as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, when, when I was growing up in the business and I went to my first Hilton Hotels convention, mm -hmm. I looked around and there weren't many black people there yeah. attending the convention, right? right. And uh, I never worked for a black manager, right? Yeah. Um, the first black manager I saw was, was at convention. And, you know, we talked about what's it gonna take, what's it gonna take. And one of the things that I've noticed that so you, you mentioned nabhood is that there's been this concentrated focus to have more black owners. Mm -hmm. And many think that that's a really good thing mm -hmm. and thought that black ownership would mean black managers. And it really hasn't worked that way. Mm -hmm. Some say that the way to improve things is for us to focus on minorities being promoted within their position. So if you are a front office manager to become an AGM, if you are an AGM to become a general manager, if a room attendant to become a housekeeping supervisor, what mm -hmm. are your thoughts on which is 
which is stronger, which is going to have the most impact on improving diversity, minority diversity, ownership or internal promotions? Hmm. I think probably the ownership, and I say this because, you know, when you talk about hospitality in general, um, you know, we see these trends with more black owned businesses. And even now I still see it, small businesses that are hospitality affiliated. I think more people are taking that approach of ownership. Um, if there's no space for me in the masses, I need to sort of create my own lane, I guess I would say. And so, um, you know, even, you know, through social media, I, I see so many black businesses, um, black owned businesses that are just starting out. So it seems appears to me that that's the route that people are taking. People are creating their own lanes um, for success with their own businesses. And um, um, I, I still think it's beneficial to try to get that internal promotion just so that people can understand the steps of um, what it takes um, to, you know, be a leader or even gain skills if they want to venture off on their own. I think that's important. I would say for me, that was sort of my path now. Like, you know, if I, you know, in the learn, you know, the majority of my skills in a you know major company, if I don't make it to the top of the ladder, okay, that's fine. But I know enough where I can create my own lane, just, you know, learning and watching and whatnot. So um, I, I definitely think, again, um, the road to success, I think more people are, are taking that ownership lane and, and curating um, their own businesses and um, what hospitality means to them. Um, but I, again, I think there's a value of going through sort of that um, corporate style training with major chains, whether it's, you know, Hilton or McDonald's or whatever the case may be, there is a value there, um, but for sure, I think a lot of people are, again, heading that that um, entrepreneurial route. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, the pandemic really pushed that. So yeah. uh, we saw so many negative things for our industry, but also so many, like, really cool opportunities Yeah, in entrepreneurship. Absolutely. So what do you tell your... Let me back up, because I don't know the, the demographics at um, Miami-Dade. I know in our program, it's extremely international, not necessarily uh, as many people of color as there are uh, just general international mm -hmm. uh, students. What's the, what does your student body look like there? Our student body is probably very similar to FIU. We have a lot of international students, um, a lot of first time in college um, students from you know Latin America or the Caribbean, um, definitely. Um, I would say I've seen a, a, a huge population of uh, Hispanics for sure um, here at NDC. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very affordable institution in college. And so um, that I would say that's sort of the mass. And then again, Caribbean as well. Um, a lot of people from Haiti and whatnot, students enrolling in classes and um, English not being their first language. So I would say that's the, um, the, the, the mass population here at MDC. Uh, see a lot of uh, people from Latin America. Um, it's sort of the the people's college for them when they come to United States or they're here and their parents didn't go to college and this is uh, the natural place for them to actually sign up considering that we have you know eight campuses in Miami-Dade County. So um, mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot of the student body that I, I come across. Mm -hmm. Okay, now my follow-up question, Leon, before you jump in is, 
So we, I get an understanding of what your student body looks like. What does your hospitality faculty body look like? Um, it's actually diverse, believe it or not. Um, we have people of color, um, uh, Hispanics. We have a, we have a, a pretty diverse uh, body of, of faculty um, from different backgrounds and whatnot. So it's, it's pretty diverse for sure. We, I will say we do have a lot of women as well, which is, I think is pretty great. Um, a lot of black women, believe it or not. Um, and so it's it's been really good. Um, some of the professors that have come through the hospitality program since I was in that position um, have been women. Um, we've had someone, uh, a female, a black female, that's like a regional manager with Pollo Tropical. She's an adjunct faculty. Um, we have another adjunct faculty who's not here, but she has a lot of experience in the, uh, the hospitality industry, particularly with festivals and sponsorships. And so... Um, we have a, a nice body of, of, of faculty and um, the students really like that. You know, I think they learn from everyone and they gravitate to all of them equally, which is really, really good. So it's an ideal situation um, when you talk about diversity. That's fantastic. That's yeah, nice. that's really, really cool. Will you do me a favor? Would you please take a picture of your faculty and post it on LinkedIn? And I'll share it out and say, this is what diversity should look like. And that way, I, I won't have to continue to share the pictures of all the gray-haired white guys at a hotel <laughs> meeting. And I have to say, was were all the black people off that yeah. day? So <laughs> yeah. if you could, if you could <laughs> post that, I, I'd really appreciate it. Daniel, are you left-handed or right-handed when you write? I am right-handed and my handwriting is ugly now. <laughs> oh, okay, well, we're, we're not going to look at your writing. Would you please raise your right hand as if you were holding a pen? Okay. Like, yeah, like- We're not gonna swear pen. you in. Just no, <laughs> no, no swearing in. Now I'd like you to make your signature. Go ahead, give me a signature because it's now time for the two signature questions <laughs> of the show. Here we go. All right. Now, you, you lived in Maryland, so this mm -hmm. this probably is a is a give me question, but I don't know. We'll we'll dig deeper. Have you had a Maryland crab cake before? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> we started asking this question because we talking we were talking about food, and some guy said he had a Maryland crab cake, and he was in Kansas. I'm like, shut up! That's not a no, no. you don't even call it a Maryland crab cake, right? You call it a crab cake. Yes, crab cakes. Now, yes. now, when when you come back to the area, where's your favorite place to get a crab cake? Ooh, so growing up, I actually I like crab cakes. Don't get me wrong, but I love cream of crab soup. So okay. growing up in Maryland, there was this restaurant called Bay and Surf, and um, they did really great crab cakes. But their specialty was the cream of crab soup. I don't know what they put in. I think they had sherry in it, and it was just the perfect yeah. soup, rum crab yeah. meat. Um, nice. The crab cakes were really good. They would stuff it with shrimp, um, and then they closed. But when I do go back to Maryland to get a crab cake, I do go to a restaurant called G&M. Oh, um, G&M by the BWI airport. Yes. Crab cake that big. Yeah. yeah. That's a crab cake. So I, yeah. you know, I don't indulge much in it now, but I do because, you know, living here in Florida, my 
my taste buds have expanded, but my eating habits are probably a little bit smaller. So the crab cakes are just way too huge. So I might eat like half of it or whatever, but GNM is is probably a place I would go. Um, there's another one called Timbuktu that was nearby. Yeah. They have really large crab cakes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so um, you, you have the best answers yet. You have <laughs> clearly the best. We're going to pull yeah. this section of the show out and send it to yeah. GNMs and Timbuktu and tell them to send us. Yeah, crab cakes. I think my family probably would be a better judge of crab because they still live in Maryland and they can tell you which ones are like the best. Like, you know, they, they'll say, oh, this one is really good and this one is yeah. stuffed with this and whatnot. And so, but GNM and GNM and Timbuktu is, is a safe, yeah. a safe one. Right yeah. on. Right yeah. on. You can come, you can come on the show anytime, even though you're a tennis player. <laughs> you can come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll wrap us up with my question, uh, Daniel. If you could go back in time and give your twenty-year-old self one piece of advice or share one thing with them, what would it be? Mm. Um, wow. Um. Jeez. Um. God, I probably. I don't know. I probably would encourage myself to break out of my shell and and yeah, I I, I would say break out of my shell. I, I would suppose. I, I feel like I always had talent related to hospitality and culinary and stuff, and I would showcase it in certain places and not showcase it in other areas. And so I would I would tell myself to break out of a shell and. Um, I don't know, everything would be okay, so to speak, as you know, I feel like every experience needed to happen in order to, for me to get to this point. And so, um, but I would just tell myself to break out of the shell and um, and try not to be intimidated um, by, you know, you're on the right track, but try not to be intimidated by what's around you so that you can sort of shine. So, um, but I would tell myself that just to, um, yeah, to to boost my confidence, I was I would say, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah break yeah, out of your shell and don't worry. You know, um, everything's going to be right. Everything's a learning experience, so everything doesn't have to be perfect in that moment. But it'll yeah. get there with time and effort. And so, um, and and don't procrastinate. <laughs> All, right. All good advice. Thank yeah, you so I much. Like Thank you for yeah. joining us today. Thank you. This was awesome. Yeah, Daniel, thank you. Thank you for spending time with us here at Checking In, a lodging DEI chat. And if folks want to get in touch with you, we can go ahead and display your email address right there. And if you want to send Daniel a message, tell him you saw him on Checking In, a lodging DEI chat, then he can talk to you, talk to you about being a guest on the show and tell you how fun it is, how cool it all, how great, great it is to talk to me and Miranda, right, Daniel? You can spread yes. the word for us. So I'd appreciate yes, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank and you, guys. Thank you. Thank Good you luck so with your event. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Folks, thanks again for watching Checking In, a lodging DEI chat. I'm Miranda. No, I'm not Miranda. I'm Leon. She's Miranda. <laughs> and that's our guest, Daniel. Thanks again for watching this edition of Checking In, a Lodging DEI Chat.